WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The longer the UAW strike goes on, the more harm it could do to Michigan's economy, including the manufacturing sector here in southwest Michigan. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. The Conexus Group keeps track of area industry, and they estimate 68% of local manufacturers are in some way connected to automotive. Caleb Culp, finance manager with Conexus, says the longer the auto workers strike, the bigger the potential impact. If we continue much longer, we're going to see downstream effects, and that could disproportionately affect us, the state, compared to the rest of the country. Connexus president and CEO Todd Gustafson says a 10 to 20 percent decline in sales for Barian Cass Van Buren motor vehicle and motor vehicle parts manufacturing industries could result in between 256 and 512 total regional jobs lost. Connexus is working with local employers in case there's any gaps caused by the strike. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. The PGA is looking for about 1,200 people to serve as volunteers at the 2024 KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores. The tournament is set for May 22nd through May 26th, and it takes that large team of volunteers to make it all possible. Championship Director Brandon Haney tells us the team does all kinds of things. We have things from marshals, the folks that are helping with crowd control on each of the holes. We have folks doing player evacuations, player transportation, accessibility shuttles, leaderboards, PGA shop. You name it, we have an opportunity for everybody. Haney says it's a rewarding experience as the volunteers get behind-the-scenes access to the area's biggest event. The fact that we can pull over a 1,000 volunteers for now the sixth time is really unprecedented and it shows the support our community has for events and just showcasing what Southwest Michigan has to offer. Each volunteer will be granted behind-the-scenes access to the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship and get perks like free breakfast, access to volunteer golf days at Harbor Shores, and a uniform. Anyone interested in volunteering can register online. We'll have the link at our website. Michigan lawmakers are considering a bill that would make free lunches for all pre-K through 12 students in public schools in the state a permanent program. The legislature this year implemented the free meals for all students, but Senate Bill 500 introduced last week would require the program to be funded every year. Among the supporters of the idea is the American Heart Association, with Michigan spokesperson Matt Johnson telling us the school lunches these days are usually healthier than lunches brought from home. There are a lot of work being done in schools from the coalition partners that we work with, with the School Nutrition Association of Michigan. They are putting a lot of effort into ensuring that the school food service directors in each individual school district are able to make sure that they're meeting those federal nutrition guidelines. Johnson says it's good policy to make sure all kids can eat at school. We saw that again during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, that it really did reduce food and nutrition insecurity, increased attendance and decreased behavioral problems. So we're working off of that evidence and research to try and make this permanent. Johnson says the investment is worth it. The free lunches and breakfast this year cost $160 million. The Michigan Senate Education Committee heard testimony about the bill this week with the American Heart Association's Colin McDonough speaking in support. Six candidates for St. Joseph City Commission in the November election will take part in a candidate forum next month. The event's being put on by WSJM in the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber and will be aired on WSJM and live-streamed on the station's Facebook page and website. Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek tells us the group got a good response to its 2021 St. Joseph City Commission candidate forum. 
He says the public wants to know where candidates stand on issues of local interest. We'll be asking a mix of commerce and community-related issues. And our goal, being a nonpartisan organization and this being a nonpartisan race, is really just to demonstrate who is ready and capable for the job. We approach it like a job interview. We ask questions like it's a job interview and really just want to inform the public on who's ready to walk in day one and effectively serve a key community in our region. Havlicek expects issues like economic development, parking, and short-term rentals will come up. The candidates taking part will be Brooke Thomas, Michael Fernandez, James Christopher Lannert, Sean Osborne, Tess Ulry, and David Yardley. Three of them will be elected to the city commission. With Thomas being the only incumbent, Havlicek says this race has the potential to really shake up city government. The forum will be October 10th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Shadowland Ballroom. It'll be open to the public, but you have to get tickets to attend. We'll have a link to register for those tickets and also a link to submit questions at our website. A suspect who was involved in a chase with police that went from South Bend to Niles Township last week has died. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says 45-year-old Daryl Jeffrey Goodwin of South Bend died yesterday at Memorial Hospital in South Bend, less than a week after being tased. A patrol officer from South Bend Police Department spotted and tried to stop a suspect driving a stolen vehicle last Thursday afternoon when the vehicle took off and headed into Michigan. The suspect, now identified as Goodwin, crashed the vehicle in Niles Township and tried to run but was tased by officers. He was then taken to Memorial Hospital in South Bend for treatment and died yesterday. The incident remains under investigation by the Berrien County Sheriff's Department and the matter will be referred to the prosecutor's office when it's complete. Congressman Tim Wahlberg has sent a letter to the director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to request more information on the discovery of invasive carp DNA in the St. Joseph River. The DNA was found near Marina Island in June. It was found in just one of 200 water samples taken by the Fish and Wildlife Service. Still, Wahlberg tells us the discovery reminds us of the dangers posed by the fish. The silver carp would be a major concern simply because how quickly they could reproduce in any cycle. A female silver carp could produce 500,000 eggs. Wahlberg has asked the Fish and Wildlife Service for the results of the latest DNA tests of the river's water. He's also asked about additional steps that could be taken to prevent the invasive carp from getting into Lake Michigan. Once they get into our ecosystem, it's hard to eradicate it, and it could have huge, huge impact for years and years to come. So now that we've thus far only seen eDNA, this ought to give us a real push and impetus to do whatever it takes. Wahlberg says the Brandon Road Lock and Dam is the best protection we have from the invasive carp. He's urging colleagues to continue supporting it and other Great Lakes programs. And the Southwestern Michigan College bass fishing team has helped to spruce up the St. Joseph a little bit. Coach Bill Matthews tells us the team spent last Friday at Silver Beach and all along the mouth of the St. Joseph River picking up trash, supported by sponsor Mule Fishing out of Grand Rapids. We were able to, you know, help do an awesome thing, clean one of our local bodies of water that, you know, a lot of our, our anglers fish in all the time. I, I know myself, I fish there quite a bit. So we were able to, yeah, clean up St. Joe River and quite a bit of Silver Beach over there in St. Joe as well, in conjunction with Mule Fishing. Matthew says the team, which is now in its second year, wanted to do something to help the community while supporting local al- anglers. There was garbage all over the place. So we, we ended up filling probably a good 15 bags full of garbage, you know, filled up the back of a pickup truck just were able to really get the river looking quite a bit better than when we got there for sure the volunteers were spread out all along silver beach and by the benton harbor boat launch they picked up trash from the beach the dunes and the rocks along the river matthew says they're proud to have done it and they want to make it an annual event the southwestern michigan college roadrunners bass fishing team competes in fishing tournaments all over the country it currently has 22 anglers 
WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The Speaker of the House has said that he will continue to work through disagreements from within his own party to pass a stopgap measure aimed at keeping the government open until October 31st. ABC's M. Wynn has more from Washington. With the potential government shutdown looming just 11 days away, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is comparing current negotiations to a sports game in overtime. Did you quit before the game was over? If you went into overtime, did you quit during that time too? I think this is where the most significant change happens. Last night, a handful of House Republicans sank a separate defense spending bill, signaling ongoing turmoil from within the party over how to keep the next fiscal year funded. Emwin, ABC News, Washington. House Republicans have clashed with Attorney General Merrick Garland, accusing him of the weaponization of the Justice Department under President Joe Biden. The Republicans used a routine oversight hearing today to grill Garland about a special prosecutor's investigation of the president's son, Hunter Biden. Garland's appearance comes at an unprecedented moment in the Justice Department's history. The department is overseeing two cases against Donald Trump, the former president, to face criminal charges in another against the sitting president's son. The Federal Reserve announced today that they have chosen to leave the benchmark interest rate unchanged for now, although experts warn at least one more hike could be expected later this year. More from ABC. We got this ongoing UAW strike. We've got the the writer strike and the actor strike. We have the resumption of student loan payments next month. Add to that, you've got a possible government shutdown and oil prices have been on the rise. So there are lots of reasons here to be very cautious moving forward. And again, today, the Fed uh, signaled that they are not done with their interest rate hiking cycle, and we could see another rate hike. President Joe Biden raised hard issues, including protecting the checks and balances in a democracy in a Wednesday meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in New York. Biden pushed Netanyahu to find a compromise on a planned judicial overhaul in Israel that has set off protests across the country and also ignited concerns in Washington. The two leaders sat down and took time to chat one-on-one on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly today. It was their first meeting since Netanyahu took office at the helm of his country's far-right government late last year. Netanyahu tried to play down concerns about the judicial overhaul, saying there is, quote, one thing that will never change, and that is Israel's commitment to democracy. Free COVID tests from the government will soon be available. ABC's Karen Travers has details. The website for free COVID tests from the government, covidtest.gov, will be relaunched in the coming weeks, and Americans will again be able to order free tests to be sent to their homes. HHS Secretary Javier Becerra was getting his COVID shot Wednesday in Washington and told reporters the Biden administration will make available some of the tests it has in a stockpile. No details yet on how many tests will be available, when the website will relaunch, and how much this will cost. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Detroit automakers are announcing more layoffs that they blame on fallout from the UAW strike. General Motors said today that it's idle to plant in Kansas with 2,000 workers because they don't have auto parts to work with. The plant that makes those parts is on strike. And Stellantis, the maker of Jeep and Chrysler, says it expects to lay off more than 300 workers in Ohio and Indiana. The layoffs are adding to tension just two days before the UAW is expected to call for expanding its strike, which right now is limited to three vehicle assembly plants. 
And speaking of strikes, Dancing with the Stars is the latest show feeling pressure from striking writers in Hollywood. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. Dancing the Samba. If the Writers Guild had its way, no one will be dancing the Samba or anything else while the strike is still happening. Writers picketed Dancing with the Stars rehearsals Wednesday, targeting stars of the upcoming season, including Alison Hannigan, Oscar winner Mira Sorvino, and Beep star Matt Walsh, who's a member of the Writers Guild. The Guild says Dancing with the Stars is a WGA-covered show. It employs one writer to write the stuff the hosts say and therefore it should not be in production. They plan to picket the show's season debut next week. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.